Hi, and welcome into the Charlie Reimer Podcast, where we talk golf, life, and pretty much anything I want to talk because, hey, it's my show. And we always start on time as well. We always start on time. Today, we're going to the top, folks. We've got Super Bowl three MVP, pro football, Hall of Fame member, and one of the most popular athletes in the history of the world. Yeah, you heard that right. In the history of the world. And I don't think anybody would argue that point. Joe Namath. Joe we're thrilled to have you on the Charlie Romer podcast. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule to make some time for us. Well, Charlie, it's an honor. I thank you for having me, man. I, I have watched the, your show. I, I've seen a couple of them, and I get tickled, and I'm enthused <laughs> to, to work with you. Oh, well, we really, really appreciate it. And I, I got to get to the most important question first. How's your golf game right now, Joe? At its worst. No way. It's the worst that I've ever played. Yes, it's it's frustrating. Uh, I'm disappointed. I could blame some of it on uh, some minor details like wrists, fingers, hands, uh, but uh, it's the swing. It's I stink. <laughs> and you didn't even get into the knee replacements that you've had. But are <laughs> you him. right? Now, are you still having fun playing? I love it. I love golf. It's been a passion. I started out, Charlie, as a caddy back home in Pennsylvania. And our caddy master was the first uh, caddy master at Latrobe for Arnold Palmer. Oh, wow. There, too. But uh, my older brothers caddied, and I ended up caddying. And that's how I learned uh, the etiquette and the rules of golf. How, mu how much did you charge for a loop, Joe? What was your fee? Uh, nine holes was a dollar fifty. If you carried a double, <laughs> you were able to get three dollars. That's if it was a, a good doctor or a lawyer. Uh, oh, I, I understand. Well, down in your part of the world now, Jupiter, Florida, that caddy fee is a little bit higher than that. And and, and I'm gonna get into you a little bit later in the show and playing some golf uh, with Coach Bear Bryant. We'll we'll get into that in, in a minute. But I, I do want to stay on. Uh, on uh, Alabama football. Uh, you won a national championship for Alabama. You won a Super Bowl as a New York Jet. And people outside the South, and we're here in South Carolina, but people outside the South might think the Super Bowl was a bigger deal. But where I live, SEC is king, and, and you know that. But, but talk to me a little bit about going to high school just outside of Pittsburgh, uh, you, you turned down opportunity to play professional baseball, but the, the cultural change of where you grew up to going to Tuscaloosa to play football, that had to be a shocker for you. Well, I was naive, uned, uneducated, really, about the uh, society and, and in our country. You know, all I knew was Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, maybe a little bit of Pittsburgh, and didn't give much thought about uh, the rest of the world. It was football, basketball, baseball, golf, you know, and, and some swimming. So uh, if it wasn't for Coach Bryant, it would have been much more difficult. Coach Bryant was a, a great leader, uh, a disciplined man, and uh, he'd been around by the time he got me to come down there. And uh, he had respect starting from home for people. Mm-hmm. And I saw that when I first got there, regardless of the color. Coach Bryant had respect for everybody and showed it. And that carried over to the team, the teammates on the most part. And uh, Coach Bryant made the world a difference. Sp speaking of teammates, 
Um, I was born in Cleveland, Tennessee. You, you have a former teammate and friend who was born in Cleveland, Tennessee, Steve Sloan, who, who was a quarterback at Alabama, uh, ended up being a, 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 a D1 head coach and, and athletic director at Alabama. He ended up retiring after his stint at, at UCF. But tell, tell me a little bit about the only two people I'm sure you've ever met from Cleveland, Tennessee, and, and, and Steve Sloan. He was a heck of a golfer and a heck of a football player, too. I love Steve. Uh, I still do. We've uh, shared some time in uh, recent years after college uh, together, and he was a player, uh, a football player. I'm talking about quarterback. You know, he'd have played longer with the Falcons, Atlanta Falcons, had he not injured his arm too. Well, I, I heard they didn't have much of an offensive line at Atlanta at the time too, and that hurt him. That's what I always heard. <laughs> Well, that, yeah, that's how you get an injured arm. <laughs> anyway, uh, Steve's a dear friend. And, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you a quick story. You know how Steve used to talk so high talk on like this, all this, that. And, man, I, we, we nicknamed him Jiminy Cricket because of the way he was talking. Well, one game, his father came down to visit. Steve and I roomed together on the road. And... Uh, his daddy came in into the motel room there, and Steve said, Joe, this is my father. And, uh, uh, and I, I said, how do you do, sir? And he said, well, just fine, Joe. Just, just happy to be here. Good to see you. <laughs> so I found out where Steve got that Jimmy uh, Dick. Well, we, we all more. talk that way from Cleveland, Tennessee, yeah, Joe. Right. <laughs> There's one guy that didn't talk that way from Cleveland, Tennessee. His name was Jim Goosetree. Okay. He was the trainer, the head trainer at Alabama. Oh, I didn't know that he was yes, from Cleveland, sir. Tennessee. And uh, Jim Goosetree, and he was a good golfer, too. Mm. And uh, I might tell, I would tell you, my freshman season at Alabama, I, I had a bad ankle. I thought I had a bank, bad ankle. And I walked into the training room, and I just walked in there, and I heard Coach Goosetree and another player talking. And Coach Grusey said, well, son, how, how does it hurt you? Well, what are you talking about? He said, well, Coach, every time I lift my arm up like this, it, it hurts. He said, well, boy, don't lift your arm up like that. <laughs> and I turned around and I walked right back to the locker room. I just thought I had a hurt ankle. I got over it. <laughs> We're smarter than we look from Cleveland, Tennessee, Joe. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about some nerve-wracking things. Right? A average person... Taking a snap in the Super Bowl, hitting a, a golf shot in a celebrity event in front of live cameras on network television, or opening night in a Broadway play. Those are three things that would terrify a lot of normal human beings. That Those three, which one was more nerve-wracking for you and why? Boy, uh... We are educated by that time to expect uh, uh, the situation, the, the wonderful just being there. Uh, if you're not running with that adrenaline, if it's not affecting you, you're not alive, man. You know, and you, you kind of learn to calm down. You kind of learn to breathe. You kind of, you do learn to appreciate the situation. But the heart starts pumping, man. You know, you're excited. Everyone around you is excited, whether it's backstage or on the field, man. Uh, you're ready to go. And then, then you 
go back into your training, your routine, golf, you know, you God, if you guys let those nerves get in there every time, you never would. Well, you would make a putt, but not as often as you'd like. <laughs> it sounds to me like you're saying if you're not feeling nerves, you're not living. Hey, that's it. I, I used to get frustrated with myself because I was nervous ahead of time, but I learned to get over it. My sophomore year in college, Charlie, I, I was uh, a starting at quarterback on the defending national championship team with guys like Leroy Jordan, man, Billy Battle, these cats. And I was a sophomore and I was scared. I was in the locker room. My head was beaten so hard. I had such a headache, man. I could not believe what was going on. I mean, I, what am I going to do? All right, quarterbacks had to walk out with the, the quarterback coach. Just the, the three of us walked down there, four of us walked down there. And just as we got to the edge of the field, the band, the Crimson Tide Million Dollar Band struck up, started playing Dixie, and I forgot all about my head, man. <laughs> I was ready to go. I was ready to go. What a great experience that must have been. And 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 I want to switch switch gears just a little bit, because I know you love golf and, and talk about some great experiences that I know you've had making a hole-in-one. If, if you don't know, the odds for an amateur to make a hole-in-one in golf, 26,000 to one. Now, little birdie has told me you're the hole in one king. How many holes in one have you made? Seven. No way. Seven, and uh, I'm gonna run them by it real quick, Charlie. The first one I had was at Highland Golf Course in Birmingham, oh, Alabama, with some buddies, and uh, my, then my brothers. I played with my three brothers. They came down to Tuscaloosa uh, uh, to visit with me, and I got one there. And then uh, I got uh, two of them at uh, Turtle Creek. Well, not Turtle Creek. At uh, my phone went off and it distracted me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So tur yeah, Turtle I Creek. Did turn off the darn ringer. Throw it out. Throw it out. Throw it in a lake. That's what I do with my phone. <laughs> I had seven and had witnesses. The one I made out of Bel Air in uh, in, uh, in Los Angeles area. I was playing with some guys. Uh, and uh, the tenth hole. Have you ever played at Bell? I College? have the Swinging Bridge. Yes. Okay. Eddie Marins, you know. Yeah, old, he's always pro. there, even though All he's right, retired. Well, he's still there. The little pro. Well, the tenth tee for the men is right next to the clubhouse. You remember? Mm -hmm. Well, it was under construction or some change. They were doing something with the grass, so we had to walk across our Swinging Bridge and tee off from the ladies' tee. And again, uh, I would play with Mac Davis and uh, uh, guys, uh, I can't remember. Anyway, I got a hole in one from the ladies' team. So we got back. I said, uh, uh, Mr. Marin, uh, you know, what about you? He said, oh, that counts as a hole in one. <laughs> Jim Gardner was the other guy, the actor Jim Gardner. They started yeah. calling me Josephine. <laughs> and I bet they stuff. did that for a long time would be my guess on that. And I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Mac Davis. I, I had a chance a few times to spend some time with him. We lost him. It's been a little more than a year ago, I believe. What a beauty Mac Davis was playing golf and hanging out with him in LA when he has variety. Should have had to be so much fun. It was fun. Mac was so cranky. He was cranky out on that golf course when he wasn't shooting in those low seventies, boy, you know, you heard <laughs> from Mac, but, uh, yeah, there's a call uh, course in Fort Lauderdale, Charlie, called Tamarack. Uh -huh. And 
my former wife had a dream that she saw three hole-in-ones that day. We went out to the golf course. She was with me. I was playing with my father, a fella from my apartment building, and another guy. And we got to the fifth hole, uh, and there were two guys following us. On the first tee, we said, you guys go ahead. They were two Canadians, and, and they didn't want to go ahead of us. They didn't know the course. So we get to the fifth hole. We get up there, and it's a 189-yard hole. I hit a three-iron bounced, rolled, and went in the hole for a hole-in-one. <laughs> now, we're celebrating and all, and those two guys are still waiting. I said, come on, you guys go through, go through. The first guy stepped up to the tee, knocked it in the hole. No way. So there's two balls in the hole at once. Back to back. 189-yard wow. shot. Back to back. Well, as I mentioned, the odds of amateur making a hole in one, 26,000 to one. I'd hate to calculate what it would be back to back. That's unbelievable. Mm, really, really super cool stuff. And uh, I, I love hearing you tell the golf stories. You seem to be getting more fired up telling the golf stories than football stories. Oh, man, I got to play with, you know, I mean, Arnold Palmer, Jackie Gleason, we had charity events. You know, charity events, Jack Coat, Jack Nicholas. So many guys, uh, Tommy Bolt, going back to that time, Doug Sanders, man, you know, just, uh, I love golf. What? I still do love it to this day, and I'll watch it, watch it as often as I can. Well, t tell me a little bit about Jackie Gleason since, since you mentioned I mean, I, I, I'm a huge Jackie Gleason fan. I know he used to host an event down in Fort Lauderdale. You loved golf, uh, bigger, bigger than life. But, Smoking a bandit for me, <laughs> Jackie Gleason. That's a, that's a big Friday night for me. Sitting down with my yeah, wife, yeah, drinking some yeah. sweet tea, and watching watching Smoking a Bandit. But but does a Jackie Gleason story uh, come to mind? Well, yeah, you know he also sh shot some good pool. He was a good stick. If you ever watched the Cincinnati Kid, that was a good movie too with, with Paul Newman. Meantime. Uh, in, in college, I went up to uh, Jasper, Alabama to play with some of the alumni there. And at the turn, uh, I was a senior in college at that time after football. At the turn, I was $200 down to those guys. And I was wow. embarrassed because I didn't have 200 cash in my pocket. I had to go to my car to get my checkbook. So <laughs> played the back nine well and ended up winning some money. But Jackie Gleason on television down here in Miami said, I'm going to challenge that big mouth Broadway Joe to a $10,000 bet <laughs> to go to the charity that we're having. It was at the Miami Country Club, I believe. Mm -hmm. And uh, Arnold Palmer, uh, I, I was the fourth in the foursome. There was Jackie, Arnold Palmer, a doctor from Hawaii, and, and me. So that day, uh, I mean, I, my, I was crazy i was choking up uh, whenever i heard that 10 grand he challenged me god oh, <laughs> what am i gonna do i took 10 cash with me that day i didn't want to get embarrassed uh-huh well it, it was a cloudy day and it was windy and, and jackie had the worst day playing golf i mean he was off and at the eighth green at the eighth tee we're getting ready to tee off and uh, jackie steps up and he says broadway uh this weather's getting nasty and all. He said, I think we're going to make this a nine-hole event. So I'm con I was seven up. Huh. He said, I'm going to concede this to you. And Arnold Palmer, Arnold said, boy, Jackie, 
It takes a big man to know when to go ahead and concede the thing. And you're a big man, that's for sure. <laughs> People loved it. Uh, that, that was great. Tell, tell me a little bit about Arnold Palmer. Did, did you have a chance to spend much time with him? I'm, I'm sure the Pennsylvania roots ran ran deep uh, between the two of you guys. And, and um, well, I sure I sure do miss Mr. Palmer, and, I, and I'm sure you do too, Joe. I swear. I, I... I got to meet him the first time back in 64 uh, up at uh, Oakmont Country Club, and he and Perry Como were talking. <laughs> and boy, I'm just looking over there, and they looked over and saw me and just let me, gave me a little wave to come over. It was all right. And so I walked over there, man, and I was just so tickled. I had goosebumps. I got goosebumps mm. now talking about that first meeting. And uh, then playing in a lot of celebrity golf tournaments after that, Arnold, was, he knew I was from West, he knew I was from Beaver Falls. His first caddy master of the Trove again, uh, Joe Aquino, was up at our country club. Uh, so I, he, he was just nice, nice mm. as could be. Just like, I mean, other guy, Gary Player is nice, wonderful guy. I love that. Jack is a little different, softer than Mr. Nicholas. You know, he's a little quieter, kind of thin. I don't know, but he's terrific. I haven't met any uh, uh, Ray Floyd. Used to love hanging out with Ray Floyd, man. I'd walk to Durrell with him, you know, after we'd been over at the Playboy Club uh, about two in the morning. <laughs> I talked with Ray how he'd he out that stare. Play. He he scares me. Whenever I'm around him, he still scares me. That I mean, he's, he's got an unbelievable awesome. stare. Yeah, that's it. He has a look, man. Yeah, is that is that anything? His stare is anything like looking over the line and seeing a a, a a middle linebacker looking back at you? Any commonalities in that? Oh man, uh, I, I I didn't like to look at some of the guys because it was a slight distraction. You see, uh, Tommy <laughs> Novus is a middle linebacker. Dick Butkus is a middle linebacker. Willie Lanier is a middle linebacker. You know, Willie's all right, though, because we were in American Football League, so that was a little softer. Yeah. But Raymond's eyes, that stare of his, that was special. They are definitely intense. So I'd love to circle back to Bear Bryant because I've heard that he played golf, and sometimes he would get out and play with his players. Do you have any good Bear Bryant stories? I know the respect is there, but getting out and playing some golf with him. It's awful. Uh, we had... Steve Sloan and I got challenged by Coach Bryant and Gene Beebs Stallings. Beebs Stallings was head coach at Alabama. He had been with Coach Bryant at Texas A&M, and he was an assistant at Alabama. Beebs was a good golfer. Well, we went out to Indian Hills Country Club in Tuscaloosa, and uh, we're coming up the 18th hole even. We get on the 18th green, and the, 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 the country club just swarming with people to see Coach Bryant, man. You know, this is something. We get up there on the 18th green. He's got a, a towel with some ice wrapped around his neck, you know, got a couple guys helping he and his caddy out, you know. Gets on the green. His ball's 70 feet from the hole, 50 feet in the hole, but whatever it was, and you can imagine what happened. <laughs> he rolled that darn thing in. It took about 10 seconds or eight seconds to get, and made it and made it and won the match right there. You know, uh, he and I played in a couple of charity events uh, over the years. And uh, well, Arnold Palmer 
we, we, we played with Arnold uh, down in Montgomery. It was Coach Bryant, Coach Shug Jordan from Auburn, Arnold Palmer, and I was there. Wow. And from the, the, the tee all the way down the fairway, all the way behind the greens that we played, there were 10,000, I mean, people just jammed up to see Coach Bryant Jordan and Arnold out there, man. And I was, you talk about scared to death. See, I knew I couldn't play at all, <laughs> but you know. It wasn't football. It wasn't uh, rehearsing a lot of things. It was golf, man. And I was, boy, I, but it was joyful. Well, I, I know uh, you're, you're proud to, to be an alum of Alabama. I know you went back within about the last 12 or 15 years and got your degree. That's how much you, you uh, respect the University of Alabama. Uh, when you look at some of their other sports programs, golf, Coach J Jay Sewell, the men's golf coach there, won oh. national championships in 13 and 14. The women won a national championship in 2012. The likes of Justin Thomas have come out of Alabama. Do, do you ever um, spend any time around Coach Sewell or any of the Alabama golfers and talk shop? A lot of, a lot of time, yes. Well, you know, like most universities, they need to have some fundraisers uh to survive you see and uh we, we have a lot of fundraisers over at the university of alabama and we've had some golf outings and the guys have uh uh come back to play uh, justin and, and a, a lot of the players from alabama jay sewell you know he he's a buddy and he's uh he taught nick saban how to play that game pretty good nick's a good stick I mean, it's hard to teach coach saban anything i would think uh, it's Remarkable. <laughs> He's a remarkable man, yeah. Well, I, I know they appreciate the time that you spend with them and the, and the uh, amount of time that you, you give the University of Alabama. And you've mentioned charity a couple of times. Uh, golf and charity, being a part of this industry, what golf does for charity, not only in this country but beyond, it, it is amazing. And, and tell me a little bit about uh, some of the events that you've had using golf to raise money for great charities, especially our vets. I know you got a big place in your heart for our vets, as do I. We've got a wonderful uh, foundation here in Myrtle Beach called Project Golf, where we serve vets. But if you could talk a little bit about some of your charity events, that'd be awesome. Well, I... We, we, we are football players, but it seems like we football players love golf, but maybe more as much as the sport we play, you know. Uh, we just love to get out there and play, not just football, uh, baseball players, basketball players. We've had our celebrity outing uh, at Beth Page in the Black Course for several years. Uh, we've been down here in Florida. We're coming back to Florida. Uh, well, we're playing at Glen Oaks uh, this coming September, uh, which is going to be great. But golf is such a wonderful sport. There, there were two sports that I tried to get my children into, and uh, golf was one of them. Tennis is another one. I figured you could play golf and tennis for a long time, mm -hmm. and compete. It's good for you. You're getting out there. But golf and tennis are two great sports. Uh, we're going to have uh, the September outing, as I mentioned, at Glen Oaks because uh, we couldn't stay at the Beth Page State and some of the restrictions haven't quite been lifted yet. It's mm -hmm. not guaranteed that we could get uh, the courses. So uh, we, we, we've done, we raised a lot of money starting out in the early years uh, with the March of Dimes uh, Foundation. And we still work with the March of Dimes Foundation, contribute to them. But 
we have our foundation that uh, uh, we've held several charities and we're just thankful. What support we get from, as I mentioned, the guys in football, baseball, basketball, TV guys, movie stars, you know, they all care. They all have a big heart and want to help those that, that need some help, man. You know, we were dealt a, a full deck when we came into this world and, and some of the children, some of the people that have come in, are, you know, they're handicapped and, and they, they need some loving and some help. So we have a great team that, that handles this thing and we're happy for it. Well, that's, that's wonderful, Joe. And the, the, the greatest thing about it is not, not, not only to do the causes, get a lot of financial support, but getting everybody together is a lot of fun. And, and that even leads to, to more ways to support the folks that, that need help. And, and it's just so amazing to see what, what golf does with, 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 uh, with our heroes like you coming together. Um, Joe, Joe, I want to finish with this. I, I'm, I'm, headed down, I'm headed down your way to Jupiter, Stewart, Tequesta area next week. And, and, and I need a reservation at a good place for dinner. You got any suggestions for me? You bet I do. Yes. <laughs> the lucky shock or the, the beacon. And you call me, please. <laughs> yeah, I heard Let you. Me I, Give me a heads up and uh, I will certainly try to make you feel at home. I hear, I hear the new restaurant is hot. You can't get in there. Well, you know, uh, it, it's uh, it's been good. Let me just put it that way. It's been good. We've had an influx uh, with the Easter season, too, and, uh, from uh, folks all over the country. And it's going. We're going into the soft season, so we got to see how we do uh, survive during the the summertime, the soft part of the year. But we have a team uh, uh, that works with us that are wonderful, and uh, the food is is uniquely different than anything around here. And uh, we're very proud of our team. Well, I'm I'm sure you are, and uh, as a nation, we're very proud of one of our heroes, Joe Namath. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate you uh, sharing it with us. And, uh, Joe, hopefully next time I see you, it'll be in person. I, I'd, I'd love to hang out a little bit more. Maybe we can get out and play a few holes sometime. Well, I don't know about that. I know you'd have to give me a lot of shots. Well, I, I, come, I, come. I, I've heard that talk before, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I will be open to some tips. You can give me some tips on what I can do there. I'm looking to learn, Charlie. All right, you got it. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Joe Namath. He's the best, and uh, what, what a wonderful uh, conversation we, we had with him. Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, buddy. Take care. And call me if you come down here. You got it. I will. I get down there a decent amount. I, I, I love that whole area. A lot of buddies down there. All my rich friends live down there. I got to work up here in South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. All right. Stay well. Good you luck too. to your whole team there. Thank you. Thank you.